0: What does success look like for young people? When you work for a Deloitte or a Goldman Sachs or whoever, there's that kind of brand value that's associated with what you do. But that aspiration doesn't go kind of deeper beyond that. So I think there's that societal pressure and that feeling of getting a job like that is seen as success and it is successful, right, for for certain people. And especially if you want to do that type of work. But for those people that want to apply their skills in something different there is abundance of opportunities out there and especially for those i guess social enterprise or social impact organizations they need the skilled workers to be able to further their work but you're absolutely right it's just about kind of getting their message out there and you know exposing more young people to those opportunities
1: Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur.
0: The ambition of the podcast
1: is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and that will allow us to bring on bigger guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode.
0: Anna, welcome on the podcast. Thank you, you very much. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm a bit jet-lagged because I've just come back from India a couple of days ago. But yeah. other than that, I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having you're me on. You're a run.
1: bit of a soldier coming on because <laughs> you, were, you have to go to Birmingham later today as well, right? So there's a lot of traveling for you in a very short space of time. I guess like, why were you, why were you in India? And then we'll go back to the sort of like your, yeah, your business. sure.
0: So I was just in India for a couple of months. So there were two reasons why I'm there. Um, one was uh, to run like a 10-day social leadership program uh, for students from the University of Surrey. Um, and that was based in Ahmedabad, which is a city in Gujarat. And the program had like the theme of kind of enterprise, innovation, personal leadership development. Mm-hmm. Um, in the context of India Um, and that's kind of a follow-on from a lot of the work that we do with UK universities which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more about in a second and then the kind of second reason why I was there is that as well as running our workshops with universities in the UK we also run our workshops with universities and business schools around India Um, and we're looking to open up more of those kind of UK India University partnerships as well so hopefully we're going down that direction as well so those are the two reasons why I was there. Mm.
1: So yeah, let's go into it. So I guess like, what is what is the business? why are these workshops you're talking about? And uh, I guess, how did it start?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's probably relevant to speak about how it started because then it neatly follows on to what we do. Um, so I think there's a Steve Jobs quote um, in his Stanford commencement speech where he speaks about Um, you can't connect the dots looking forwards, you can only connect them looking backwards. Um, And there's another quote that says, you can't be what you can't see. So when I was 17, I was very much like on a linear path. Um, I never thought I'd be kind of creating my own career path. Everyone around me was, uh, you know, very much go to school, go to university, get good grades, get a graduate job, married, kids, that was the linear path that I saw in front of me, Um, but I participated when I was 17 in a service-based leadership program in India um, that opened up a whole new world of opportunities for me, Um, it kind of really changed the way I saw leadership, Um, I guess just being in India itself was really a unique experience and it got me interested in social impact related work Um, and I think one of the bigger learning outcomes from participating in that program is that because it opened up that whole new world of opportunities for me it my path was no longer linear it now had like multiple routes and the personal growth that I felt being a part of that program made me seek out more of those opportunities after that program so It inspired me to start a social enterprise whilst I was at university. Um, The personal growth I felt of just being in a different country, experiencing a new culture, encouraged me to study abroad whilst I was at university. And then between kind of years I did like a corporate internship one summer and then I wanted to reconnect back to the work that was going on in India. Um, So I essentially kind of created my own internship with a social enterprise. Uh, that's based there that works on waste management and women's empowerment and going through that experience and having the direct comparison of the corporate internship that i did the summer before like the experience just didn't even compare like the learning and growth that i felt being in india being a part of a dynamic team uh being given real responsibility working for something bigger than myself rather than just sat behind an office desk kind of really then pushed it and made it clear to me that that was the path that I wanted to go down. So then coming into my final year of university and after graduation, um, the social enterprise that I worked with in India then partnered with the United Nations Development Programme. So then I got the opportunity to do a UNDP placement with that social enterprise straight out of university. Um, And it was during that time that I developed like a social entrepreneurship experience workshop, uh, which I somehow managed to sell to Uh, UK universities here in the UK Um, and then we ran these workshops and it had great impact but it was during that time I started to reflect on how I was able to take this path straight out of university and why so many of my peers who were interested in the same when I talked to them about what i was doing they'll be like I would have loved to have done that Um, but I realized it was kind of because at an early age I had these opportunities opened up to me that enabled me to kind of follow my curiosity and take that path straight out of university. And as you continue doing more, obviously more opportunities opened up for you. Yeah, yeah. So that was the kind of foundations of where Project Checker was built, kind of realizing um, that I wanted to open up more of these kind of pathway opportunities for so many young people who are interested in the same. But may not have the pathway opportunities opened up to them. Mm. Um, so that so, was kind of the journey into growing the so you, business. In like, the life. What, was the, what was the
1: whole purpose of starting these like workshops? I guess, like for UK universities, was it because of you know opening up opportunities post university for a lot of young people?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was the recognition that I have personally gained so much from working with these social impact organisations, working in a dynamic environment like India. That there's so much to gain. From that pathway and also young people's aspirations for what they want to do in their careers is changing so I think the Deloitte Millennial survey suggests that 47% of uh, Gen Z want to make a positive impact in the world through their work but they often don't know how or what that looks like right so and I don't know when you were at university how you were thinking but we get so caught up in kind of like the graduate schemes that we need mm. to apply for like yeah, the so banking, true. the consulting and even for me I had all these opportunities, all alternative opportunities opened up for me but because everyone else was doing it around me I felt the need to apply for all these you know internships and kind of graduate schemes as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so f- for so many young people who are skilled and want to apply their skills in work that has a positive impact if they aren't if these opportunities aren't visible and opened up to them, they will just go down that normal route. Um, so that's the intention to hopefully open up more of these opportunities for these young people that want to apply their skills. and Yeah, those, of those
1: opportunities like for working within these um, corporates like Deloitte and I guess like all the graduate schemes, yeah. they are extremely abundant, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like those social enterprises or, or like, work, like jobs with impact are less abundant.
0: Yeah, like they're, but they're
1: just as or if not more abundant than, than the, the graduate schemes the only, thing is, the only thing is they're not as sort of like their marketing th- isn't really there I guess they're, they're not really like forefront of people's minds
0: absolutely and this is where the conversation around what does success look like for young people right so I think when you work for a Deloitte or a Goldman Sachs or whoever there's that kind of brand value that's associated with what you do but that Aspiration doesn't go kind of deeper beyond that. So I think there's that societal pressure and that feeling of getting a job like that is seen as success and it is successful, right? For for certain people, especially if you want to do that type of work. But for those people that want to apply their skills in something different, um, there is abundance of opportunities out there. And especially for those, I guess, social enterprise or social impact organizations, They need the skilled workers to be able to further their work. Um, But you're absolutely right. It's just about kind of getting their message out there and, uh, you know, exposing more young people to those opportunities Mm. that are out there. So what is
1: what is the workshop, I guess? what are the workshops that you put on for universities? Like, yeah, what do they achieve? As in like, what how does it bridge that gap, essentially?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really good question. Um, so I think it's useful to give a bit of context with the social enterprise that I did work with in India, because one of our workshops is based on the on-ground work that's happening. Um, so, um, in India, littered roads are a common sight, and there are many reasons for why that is, but I won't go into that now. But women that live in poorer communities see this waste as an opportunity, and they take to the streets in the early hours of the morning, to 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning and pick up this waste from the roadside, walk around 8 to 10 kilometers collecting around 15 to 20 kilograms of waste, uh, take this waste back to their own homes, sort that waste and then go to these scrap shops where they sell it to earn an income to provide for their family. Um, And just to give a bit of context, in the city that I've worked in there are around 30,000 of these women collecting around 20 kilograms of waste every single day. Which means that six hundred thousand kilograms of waste has been collected from the streets by these women and facilitated to the recycling center because of what they do every single day. Wow. so the work that they 're doing is phenomenal, but because they have often no level of education they 're illiterate, um, when they go and sell this waste to these scrap shop dealers they 're often like heavily exploited and underpaid for the work that they 're doing. Um, so what this social enterprise has done, recognizing firstly the value that they're providing to these cities, mm-hmm. um, is they've simply intervened in the market as a transparent and open actor, giving fair returns for the women's waste collection. So on day one, their incomes massively increase. Um, but they take a real holistic approach uh, to their kind of upliftment. So they'll take care of their health, you know, really think about their family, um, you know, pay for their children's education bring the women together, build that sense of community. And as the enterprise has developed over the years, and in partnership with the United Nations Development Programme, they took the women off the streets, waste picking in an informal manner, and have brought them into the mainstream of waste management, where they go door to door, collecting segregated waste from households in a more formal and dignified way. So that's a bit of context into what the social enterprise does on the ground. But we've brought that development challenge into the classroom through an experiential workshop using kind of simulation role play and gamification. So as the participants walk into the room, we don't do any formal introductions, and we give them one of three roles that mimic real roles in India's urban waste management challenge. So one of the roles will be playing the part of these women that pick up this waste from the roadside. So in this classroom, there's this whole system playing out in a room where they're given like individual tasks to complete. But at this stage, they don't know that they're playing the role of real people. So then in the debrief process, once they've took part in this simulation role-play activity, when we revealed to them, you were actually playing the role of real people, real women that we've worked with every day on the ground, that's quite a deep and transformative moment for them because they felt real emotions when they were taking part in that simulation activity. Mm-hmm. And what's really important, in, as I'm sure you'll know, in any type of entrepreneurship but particularly social entrepreneurship and social impact related work, deeply immersing yourself in the problem and building empathy with the stakeholders involved is super important before you go to solution mode. And I think that experiential nature of the first part of our workshop is really important to, uh, I guess, get people to build the empathy with the real people involved. And it's that I, that I think that then inspires action beyond the classroom. And then in the rest of the workshop, we get them to, through another game-based approach, get them to solve the problem that they just experienced themselves yeah. through a kind of social enterprise game. And then they uh, we give them real problem statements that they ideate for and um, to contribute further to the work that's going on on the ground. Mm. Um, so that gets them to ground their curiosities um, in a real problem um, that's going on in the world but because our intention is to inspire action beyond the classroom we'll then open up the opportunity for participants to then work with our network of social impact organizations so just to give one example we've then had students take these real problem statements that we've given them in the workshop they've applied it to their master's project in innovation within a couple of months they've then flown out to India worked with the social enterprise on the ground come up with an upcycling plastic waste solution, and then inspired by that whole journey, go on to secure working roles with social Mm -hmm. impact organisations post-graduation as a start to their professional careers. Mm. Um, So I think the workshop serves the purpose of, they want to be involved in work that has a positive impact on the world, but they don't know how or what that looks like. So it enables them to kind of feel what it looks like, gives them a taste of that opportunity, and then post graduation, they're then able to action, really action that drive.
1: But also, like with, with developing nations, like yeah. the this is the thing that always sort of like blows my mind. Really, is that we in in the bubble of the UK, yeah. the US, Europe, like we're always constantly building solutions for the problems that we see, of course. Mm. But we're all very you know, highly educated, and, yeah. and you know we're in that bubble, right? And what that what that essentially means is that we're building solutions for the, the problems that we see but within developing nations they have so many like problems that are so easily fixable but there, there hasn't been like a good solution that's been come up with and then pushed to market just because that talent isn't there um, that knowledge that knowledge gap isn't there as you mm-hmm. said now there's huge value in say taking some of that resource that that mental capacity in in you know UK Europe US and applying it to developing nations, and the thing is, these problems are huge. And also, there's the the potential for revenue is also huge that people don't really speak about. It's not it's not a charity thing. You can earn a lot of money with these things, even simple things such as like payments and you know and wet and waste. As you said, that seems like that sounds like a very basic thing. But like as you said, the the solution, the optimal solution is not there. So it always kind of like staggers me that, we're, yeah, we're in this bubble right now, but there's just so many problems that exist in the majority of the world that, just hasn't, that haven't been addressed that can so easily be addressed by, by things that we can come up with with issue right now.
0: Exactly, and that, I think that's one of the kind of broader aims for the work that we're doing is to firstly deepen young people's aspirations yeah, because there's so much that they can contribute towards mm. and also to broaden their horizons beyond what they can see. You're right, we're living in our bubbles, right? But I think to be able to bring that kind of development challenge into the classroom in an immersive way And then hopefully get them to become more curious about these things Mm. and kind of open up their perspectives open up their minds build that empathy which i think is super important will hopefully enable them to kind of deepen then the impact that they have on the world right
1: yeah but i i think it might be a framing issue honestly because it's like whenever we 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 are aware of these things right Mm. we're we what you just told me in terms of like all the data and the statistics that you know women in, in india face this when it comes to waste management we hear statistics like that all the time yeah. with various countries various problems around the world they don't stick what yeah. sticks is going through the process of actually like going through that pain yourself through the gamification that you just talked about and that's when but it's, it's not it's not a fault of like us i feel it's just like a fault of like how we are as humans right we feel things um stronger when it's more visceral so that that's it like that and then then that's when our sort of like juices get flowing when it comes to like building solutions because we're like okay this is a problem that actually I can feel firsthand.
0: Exactly let me ask you right when do you feel like you learn the best like is it like through lectures and textbooks or is it when you've actually physically experienced the problem for yourself experience yeah right for sure exactly and I think that's where um so we try and like go beyond just intellectualization um so giving people knowledge and there's so much, and especially in our kind of like technological age, and I think COVID has accelerated this and especially at universities now, we're seeing so much as online content and that's all good and well. And there's so many, so much value in online delivery because it enables you to reach a whole wider scope of people, but that the deeper learning doesn't occur, right? Um, so I think by gamification, simulation role play, getting students to kind of play a role, and when they feel real emotions, it's that what kind of takes their learning to a new level and what inspires that action beyond then the classroom. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's that thing.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's not yeah. surprising that say like, I've had entrepreneurs on the podcast before, that they say like first generation, or I don't know how you want yeah. to define it, but like first or second generation immigrants from say Indian family or Middle Eastern, like developing nation family. And they're the ones that sort of like, build the solutions one that I'm thinking of very very at the forefront of my mind is is Nav that built the washing machine project that was on that you must know he was on the podcast quite a while ago Um, he he had an amazing job at Dyson but because he kind of understood the the pain that people go through when it comes to washing their clothes he built a solution out of that so but if we can but if we can apply you know more brains to the solution to to these problems um, that maybe haven't they don't have the knowledge, but like can you know that, that gap can be bridged then yeah I, I don't see why we can't develop the whole world rather than just our bubble
0: yeah, absolutely, and I think the other thing that I want to say is it's not just about kind of encouraging people to go out to developing nations there's so much that we can contribute towards in our local communities yeah and that's, that's very what true. we really yeah. try to encourage as well like there's so much that you can contribute towards in the spaces around you like. Even, and it's a fascinating thing around like our bubbles and the bubbles we put around ourselves, we put these bubbles around ourselves in our local communities as well, right? I think something that often comes up in our uh, debrief conversations after they've just experienced that simulation activity of India's urban waste management challenge is that they often apply that um, learning to how we often just walk past, I guess, homeless people, right? We know that they're there, but it's just so much easier to walk and it sometimes feels like, what can we do, right? Um, so I think it's just building that empathy, opening mm. up our eyes, and knowing that you know, there's so much. I guess like, what's, what's the
1: end goal for you when it comes when it comes to this business, though? Anna? Like, wh- where are you? Like, yeah. So, like, I guess like, what's the sort of like end goal when it comes to the purpose that you're trying to fulfil?
0: So our, I guess, deeper vision is to almost kind of see a paradigm shift where, like we are enabled to allow young people to fulfil their potential and deepen the impact that they have on the world. Like I see kind of, and especially from my own journey, right, I could easily have seen my path be so linear and I, the word that's come into my mind is basic and my skill set not being channelled in a way that's useful for society. Um, it's a template. Yeah, it's a right. cookie-cutter, yeah, exactly. I understand. So I think the, the kind of broader vision is, if we can open up more of these types of opportunities, engage young people in a more dynamic way and inspire them to apply their skills in a kind of more dynamic way that you know, influences society for the better, I think that's kind of the ultimate aim, right? In order to, for them to deepen the impact that they have on the world and fulfil their own potential, right? There's like a key that we can unlock, that can open up their minds um.
1: Um, yeah I think that that's something that's very apparent with say our generation is that impact is so is so is, is a very strongly held value I think yeah. within our generation and yeah a lot of the roles that are very prevalent with with the whole sort of yeah I guess you said linear um, they don't hit that impact aspect as much as, as much as say um, yeah. you know doing things with local community or doing things with developing nations um, so yeah i can 100 percent see that like there there needs to be that that gap to be bridged and uh this is definitely one solution that can do that right but there's like there's tons of other ways to do these and to engage these people's minds and i think i think you are seeing that because it's like loads of people go into these jobs and they get to the age of like 25 26 and they're like do i actually like this have i just if I just like climb some mountains that... So i have I just climbed some mountains I don't actually want to climb? Exactly.
0: It's that kind of that notion of you're climbing this ladder, but then you, when you get to the top, you realize it's on the wrong wall. Wrong, Yeah, yeah. It's exactly that, right? And I think that's where I was very lucky to have a lot of advice at a young age that kind of told me these stories, right? And I was very much told, don't work for just money um, until at least the age of 25 just right, follow your curiosities, and eventually your curiosity will hopefully lead you to your passion, right? Um, it's very hard to take that advice, but when you action it, you then realize um, kind of all the value that you can gain from taking, I guess, an alternative path. Um, but it's, I think that that need for short-term money is such a pull for young people that they feel like they want that financial independence, which I get, right? I really feel it. I still feel financially insecure in what I do. Um, but there's so much value beyond money um, that can hopefully kind of enrich your life in another way Mm. and like you said there is money in what we do as well I'm not saying there isn't but there's that short versus long term gratification I think especially in an entrepreneurial path right in order to get to where you want to be you're going to have to go through a short term struggle or even a medium to long term struggle Mm -hmm. um, before you see those kind of financial rewards Um, so if you can just kind of Build that patience in people um, where they can kind of take those actionable steps to start kind of building their own thing um, and delay that gratification. I think that's really important as well.
1: But again, yeah, in entrepreneurship generally, that that message is very prevalent. But when it comes to building things in in social enterprise or building things for, you know, um, I guess industries that aren't as lucrative on the face of it. Yeah. That's when it's like, if I delay gratification, will that reward ever come?
0: And this is where the the magic is in taking action. So once you start taking action in whatever social impact field that you want, what you realize is that you feel the value beyond the money, right? When you're working for something bigger than yourself, you feel that extra motivation, you feel that extra responsibility. Mm -hmm. The relative challenges that you feel are, You know you can build that perspective on what you're contributing towards i remember straight after graduation when i was tasked to kind of build these experiential workshops and sell it to universities i was like what am i doing Wasting my time on my last summer holiday doing this like for no money but then when i realized kind of the the work that the women do on the ground every single day you kind of gain a bit of perspective on your relative struggles and it also reminds you and give you a sense of responsibility of what you're trying to contribute towards, which is something bigger than yourself. So when you start actioning something within this kind of social impact space, you feel the value beyond just the money, right? Mm. And it enables you to keep on going and it keeps you motivated. So I think that's what's really important. Mm. Get out of your head, get out of the room, take action, right? And once you start taking action, you'll feel the positive reinforcement beyond just the money, mm. I think.
1: But again, that's just like something that we've been sold—is like that. You need you need that money. That's like that's the that's the that's the thing that we've been sold from a young age, and it's yeah. like, then you start going after things where, again, you don't. It doesn't fulfill those goals that you have inherently in in in, mm-hmm. in your in in your mind, um, and yeah, it it leads to sort of like longer term unhappiness. I would say.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah.
1: So I guess um, if if there's a way that people can sort of like bridge that gap then yeah that, that i can i can definitely see that because but i think another thing is like how do you how do you incentivize younger people that are literally straight out of university who might not have that understanding of themselves mm-hmm. where they know maybe deep down they they are driven by impact but but they might realize it too late no not even too late but just like a few years down the line Yeah. i guess like there's one thing showing them that the problem exists and there's yeah. another thing showing them that you might you might find more fulfillment down this road rather than that road
0: mm. yeah it's a it's a tough challenge and i think that's where again going back to building that empathy in them and getting them to feel the challenges for this themselves then encourage them, encourages them to take that action right and i think that's the gap that we're bridging um so I think, but the opportunities are so scarce, right? Mm. So getting them to get out of the room, whether it's you know, through our experiences or through seeking local volunteering experiences, like getting out of the room, speaking to people, understanding you know, and building empathy with the people that you're trying to help um, is really important. And I think the kind of social impact journey is twofold. It's not just external, but it's also internal, right? everything in our internal world is a product so everything in our external world is a product of our internal world so the internal world is very much related to the external there's a quote by one of the people that uh, one of the founders of the NGO that I work closely with in Gandhi ashram in India who says that um, service is external meditation and meditation is internal service mm. um, so I think that journey of deeply exploring our internal worlds is i think a really important dynamic which will then enable us to think more clearly about what our values are and what we want to do Um, so i think that's an important journey so that time to pause and reflect on what we're doing in our fast-paced world i think is really important
1: i think that's a wonderful note to actually end the podcast on so, it's gone so quick. I, yeah, I can't believe I
0: like. Has it really gone that quick? That's the way it is. Oh, unbelievable!
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like thirty minutes. Yeah, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I was
0: wondering, do you have like a, a bit of time, like a te- five five minutes? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of so course. I remember. So I was saying to you before that um, I used to have a podcast, and at the end of each podcast, I used to give like these three big talk questions. Mm. So if it's okay, I would like to spin it. One yeah, minute. yeah, let's go, let's go. Um, so question one, um, and the notion of like big talk is like skipping past a small talk and asking more kind of deeper, uh, more personal kind of questions to build that kind of sense of connection. Mm. Um, so question one, uh, past or present, anyone in the world, who would you most like to have as a dinner guest?
1: So this is quite interesting because normally I, I'm the one that sort of does the, the questions and answering. Yeah. i uh, just like thrown this Asking on them. No, it's good. It's an interesting dynamic. And like I, I, do, I do appreciate it a lot. Um, okay, so past or present, dinner guest... Um I there's not very many people actually you know from from my side but I think someone like Leonardo da Vinci would be quite an interesting person Why because yeah. he in my in my opinion yes he, he's known for his artwork but he he was more of a pioneer in other in other areas like engineering and and even things like f- philosophy and 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 like societal like going against societal norms um I think so, a conversation with someone like him where it's just so different to what we're used to in, in the 21st century right now, Will be a very interesting one. Um, yeah. I I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, then yeah, like someone like, Elon Musk would be an interesting one just because it's like what he's achieved in his life. But I think in terms of a conversation where I think I'd get the most energy out of, I think mm. someone like Leonardo da Vinci, although he don't, I don't know if he speaks English, so I don't know. There'll be, <laughs> a, language, there'll be a language barrier. AI will help you with that. Yeah.
0: Um, alright next question got time time. Um, for what uh, in your life are you most grateful
1: family yeah Yeah, family I think that's um, I think that's so important just because when you're when you're insanely when you're young that's all you really have and that really sets the foundation for the person that you are today Um, and you don't realise it when you're younger you realise it when you're older and so when when I'm at the age right now I realise sort of more and more that why my parents did certain things to the to the stage that I am right now, and yeah, it makes me makes me more grateful and it makes me very appreciative. Mm. So yeah, I think I think family, but then secondary to that, obviously, well not even secondary, like he- alongside would be would be health, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think
0: health is like the number one thing that like if you have good health, like you can action so much. You can be a, like your level of awareness what you can do on a day-to-day basis i've i've had a few health issues which have like really massively kind of not derailed what i do but like it's a daily struggle right and i always like if i had amazing health like it would just you know really transform what i do yeah both both yeah. mental and, mental and, and, and physical, physical like yeah. yeah like it's just maya awesome. on the last episode oh. that's exactly what we talked about yeah. it's
1: like mental fitness and yeah, yeah. i think um, very very important and yeah. something that i'm and i think everyone should actively work on yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, last question. What is one thing, only one thing, that you want to do before you die?
1: That's a really good question. These are, these are decent questions, actually. No worries. Is the, podcast no, the podcast is no longer around,
0: though. <laughs> no longer around, but I'd love to uh, bring it back at some point.
1: <laughs> should be brought back. These are good questions. Maybe I should be asking them. But yeah, in terms of one thing I want to do before I die, guess like getting recognised in the street would be quite quite funny, like for the podcast. Um, <laughs> these are quite vanity-driven. No, I think I think... Yeah, something like that, but someone saying, like, that really, like, impacted me. Whether it be something that, listening to a podcast that I've recorded, or, you know, using one, like, because I've got my own business called Wing, and maybe maybe someone using that and, like, really, really liking it. Or if, actually, one thing that I, I've thought about a lot, <laughs> and again, this is quite a vanity, is, like, um, I've always thought, like, me being on the tube. And then me looking across and like someone someone has one of our products like on the back of their phones. And yes. like me, but like I didn't I don't know them, they don't know me. I've just sort of like run, like walked into them. Mm-hmm. I, I like I don't say anything to them, I just like go like with the rest of my day. Um, that'll be quite cool because it's like I know that I've reached the scale where you know, people are using what I've built. Mm-hmm. Or, or engaging with content that I've I've created without even sort of, like, knowing me. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a very cool thing. And I don't think I'm sort of too far off that. But, yeah, that would be something that I would sort of get a lot of happiness from. Well,
0: what's important there is that, kind of going back to, like, my question, you're already doing the thing that, you know, you want to be doing before you yeah. die. Because as a result of doing this, you will eventually achieve that at some stage,
1: right? Yeah, because it's, it's like a hard journey because yeah. it's like you like the, even the podcasts that we do right now, there's a lot of work that goes into this and I'm only going to be putting in more work because, you know, as I told you before, we're going to get more sort of camera angles, we're going to sort of level up this, we're going to do more sort of like, um, put more budget into like editing and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to put out there. Yeah. Um, there's not as much sort of monetary gain from it at the moment, but yeah. f- from my perspective, it's like the foundation is set for, for people in like, you know global scale in order to like get value from, from my guests yeah so that's that's the reason why i do it essentially um and, and like it, the same with like the other stuff i'm building it's like i would love for businesses individuals to use them yeah but again without even knowing me
0: no no absolutely yeah. and that's like that piece around kind of removing the ego from the work that you're doing right because like so i know it's helped someone yeah yeah exactly yeah um and so, when I say vanity, I guess yeah. like on
1: the surface, it does look like vanity, but the, the main sort of goal yeah. is yeah, it's, it's helped someone, it's impacted someone, it's changed their perspective on something. Yeah. Those things for me, like, yeah, I would, I would love to, to have that. Even one person, honestly. Like, I know everyone says that like, if it impacts one person, I'll be happy. But for me, um, yeah, if it impacts someone deeply, then yeah, I would, I would be yeah. like one person, then yeah, i would be very, very happy with that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's actually a nice way to end the podcast because what you've just said there. Very much relates to what we've just spoken about around, yeah, like, of course. feeling the value beyond just the money, right? Mm. The reason you're doing this podcast is something beyond just yourself.
1: Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah, wonderful No, it's on, actually. So, Anand, <laughs> how can people stay in touch with you and what you're up to?
0: Um, I think the easiest place is probably just LinkedIn. Um, Anand's Mystery on LinkedIn and Project Chakra on LinkedIn as well.
1: All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll speak very soon. Thank you so
0: much. Amazing. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, mate.